I didn't think I'd be doing an episode about Kyle Rittenhouse, but maybe that's not what this episode is even about. It's actually probably about a much deeper problem. I just assumed I'd sit back and watch this thing go to court, and it probably wouldn't end up in this show. Most court cases don't. They, uh, they don't dent the universe, as it were, so they don't really bubble up to get covered in this show. This is really an attempt for me to document what the hell's going on right now. So you and myself, my family, we have a time capsule of the people's history of what happened right now and not the absolute crap that we are being spun in the media. And I got my hands on a piece of audio that really pushed me over the line on doing this episode. I, I, I was, I don't want to be the one to convince you what the facts of this case were. That's not my job. I, I frankly couldn't care less what you believe or don't believe about the case. It's just not what I'm here to do, right? I'm here to just document what's going on. And there's a lot of people with larger platforms than I have explaining and expanding upon what happened over and over again. It's still going on weeks later. But I started watching the feed of the actual court case when they started interviewing witnesses. That's when I, I, I noticed something seemed off. And I, and I could totally appreciate if people that were absorbing it the way I was originally didn't know certain details. Like, I didn't know Kyle's dad, his grandma, and his friends all lived in Kenosha. Uh, <laughs> he lived there part-time with his mom, 20 minutes away from where all this went down, right? I didn't know that Joseph Rosenbaum had knocked him down twice and attempted to kick him in the face with lethal force. Uh, I didn't realize he'd been hit over the head with a skateboard. I didn't, I didn't really pay attention to the fact that the reason why Kyle was there was because a dumpster that had been lit on fire by a mob was being pushed into a gas station, and Kyle came running with a fire extinguisher. I thought he'd brought a gun with him. You know, all this he crossed state lines business. I didn't realize that it was like a short drive and that the gun was already there. I didn't also know that in the state of Wisconsin, it's legal for Kyle to carry a gun, even at 17. You may not like it, but that's the law. He didn't cross a line, some state line, with an illegal gun. I'd also, before this case started, I didn't know that Rosenbaum was a five-time convicted child rapist. And the other guy, the other victim, a two-time convicted woman beater. The third guy, the guy that survived, a convicted burglar with an assault on his record and apparently also getting paid off by somebody behind the scenes. If, you could almost explain all of this as just horrible media incompetence. But the audio I have today proves malice. It proves that not only were they meddling with public opinion, but they were breaking the law. So let's take us back. After four days of jury deliberation, the jury found Kyle Rittenhouse not guilty. And not guilty on not just one count, but all counts reaction on both sides to the Kyle Rittenhouse acquittal. There were small peaceful protests outside the courthouse in Kenosha, Wisconsin overnight following the verdict. The 18-year-old cleared of all charges in the shootings of three people. Rittenhouse with an emotional reaction in court, seen nearly collapsing after the verdict was read, later seen smiling as he drove away from the courthouse. But the reaction was very different for the families of those killed by Rittenhouse who shared their heartbreak and anger. You probably noticed this, but instead of the media 
putting the records out, the, the facts out there, like that nobody of color was involved in the shooting. Everybody involved in the shooting was white. The racial angle is that it was at a BLM protest, a wider BLM event. However, if you watch the video, and this is why I didn't really give a shit. I didn't want to try to convince you of shit. Because if you cared, you would have gone and looked at the videos already. But if you just want to be told a story and you want to be upset about this, then you're deciding not to go look at the videos that are on YouTube yourself. You're making that choice. So, like, where's this going to go, right? You've already decided. But if you watch the videos, you'll see that this was a group of punks. The, 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 uh, the dynamic was nothing about BLM. It was absolutely, let's just fuck some shit up. That's what it was about. It was guys that wanted to fuck some shit up. And if you've been around a little while, you know these guys. They got a screw loose. They love getting in fights. They want to fight every chance they get. And they're bored. They just got out of the mental hospital. This is actually true. And they want to go fuck some shit up. You know that's how this works. It's, I've met these guys. They were all white. White pricks. That's what they were. They were white trash, white trash pricks. That's what they were. Nobody black involved in the shooting. But they put the family's messages up on blast. Even when the families call for violence, they put, the, they put that message out on blast instead of explaining the facts of the case to you. But where it really got kind of dark was how hard MSNBC pushed racial division after a jury of Kyle's peers came to a decision. We begin the readout tonight with yet another judicial gut punch. 18-year-old Kyle Rittenhouse, a militiaman wannabe who crossed state lines and killed two human beings at a Black Lives Matter rally, was found not guilty on all five counts. President Biden told reporters that we have to respect the jury's decision. While it is shocking that Rittenhouse was not found guilty, it's not surprising at all. In fact, it's a return to normal for America. Yeah. A return to racism is a return to normal for America. It's not shocking. Think about the message that is sending. How dark of a message that is. And MSNBC has a real problem, too, because anybody that's sane is no longer watching that network. So what they have left are the people that want to be fed this crap. And so if they stop feeding them this crap, even the small audience they have left is going to leave them. So they're really in a tight position here. But this tone, this message, and I am building... I know you already know a lot of this, but I'm building towards something. This messaging, this outlook on all of this, this political dynamic was set early on by then candidate Joe Biden. And then you have apparently I don't have enough detail to make a final judgment. It looks like some of the militia folks were in there. Young man is a guy that shot two people. I mean, and where, where's the, com the condemnation coming from that? So, look, you know, if I want to talk about safety. The biggest safety issue is all the people dying from COVID over a thousand yesterday again. You know, it's, it is ironic to hear them say, where's the condemnation for that? Just a few days after a black man drove an SUV into a crowd of a Christmas parade. Trying to kill as many people as possible. But of course, they just described that as an SUV drove into a crowd. Where's the condemnation of that? See, you see how it's so funny because the, the things they throw around always come back at them. You can always turn it back. around If you just give it enough time, the way politics works, there will be a situation on the other side where they will be hypocritical and you can throw it in their face every single time. And it's not just the one time Biden did that. Biden did it multiple times. Oh, I'm very concerned about it. You, again, you saw what got me involved in this race and I hadn't planned on r running in the first place was what happened in Charlottesville. 
the same kind of appeal to it's, these guys don't use a dog whistle. They use a bullhorn. He says as he's using a blowhorn, right? Right. He's the blowhard using a bullhorn right now. It's uh, that is the irony of it. He is what he says they are. He is on national television at this moment, running a presidential campaign and destroying the life of a 17 year old child to further his political position. And he's doing it on blast. He's a bullhorn. And this is a 17 year old young man. I don't know anything about him. All I know is that there's some reporting about a connection to a militia in Illinois. And of course, there's no connection to a militia. In fact, Kyle had participated in early cop and fire firefighting programs. He was enthusiastic about getting into service. I mean, I mean, should the kid be there with a gun? No. But what are you going to do when you have friends and family there? You come out to help. The place that you're protecting has been hit multiple times already. Nearby, they're trying to light a gas station on fire. If you're in that situation, honestly, I would not ever want to be in that position if I had that choice. If I was there and all of this is going down and someone offered me a gun to protect myself and I had what appears to be quite, quite good gun training. I mean, if you watch the video of Kyle, he demonstrates incredible gun restraint. He has a weapon that he could he could put a lot of holes in these guys. And he t- fires off one shot in the, to shoot the guy in the arm. As soon as he recognizes he hits the guy, watch the video. Kyle takes his finger off the trigger, puts it up like you're supposed to, points the gun down. The next time somebody gets shot, it's when they come up and try to take the gun from Kyle. Actually, both times they get shot. They were trying to rip the gun out of Kyle's hands. Should he be there? No. Especially at 17 years old. Maybe the owner of that car shop. I mean, I could almost, you know, but instead what they did is they... they I don't know if they paid these kids, but they got people to come up there and protect their property because the police had been ordered to stand down. So we had a situation where it was essentially a collapsed society for a little bit. I mean, I don't know if you guys remember what this was like, but I was watching the video feeds and it was just chaos in those areas. And a lot of bad people took advantage of that. And then people did desperate things. And Kyle got caught up in that. And that's a mistake that he will have nightmares and regrets for for the rest of his life. So after the verdict, and this, this is, you know, it's not, like the, it's not like the judge just decided, right? It was a jury trial. The jury came to a decision. And after the jury came to a decision and found Kyle Rittenhouse not guilty on all counts, Vice President Kamala was coming off of uh, the helicopter airplane thing that they have there. And uh, she walks up to the press and she gives this statement. Hey guys, well it was a good trip and um, I have questions about the verdict and the verdict really speaks for itself. I have questions about the verdict and the verdict really speaks for itself. As many of you know, I've spent a majority of my career working to make the criminal justice system more equitable and clearly there's a lot more work to do. She spent her whole career making the criminal justice system more equitable and clearly there's a lot more to do. The vice president of the United States sowing doubt about the justice system. A top, a former top cop. If that doesn't just demonstrate how Cam just goes wherever the political winds blow her, I don't know what does. She builds her career as the top cop. And then she uses this case for political motivation to damage the public's faith and trust in our justice system. One of the cornerstones of this country. 
That's what just came out of the vice president's mouth. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if they agree with it or not. Their top job is to hold this country together. Instead, they have sowed the most of the racial division. Biden laid it down early before the election was even over. And now Cam comes and rounds it out, laying down doubt about the verdict and the justice system. While the media is saying it's a racial thing. Most people I talk to, and I wonder if you've had this experience as well, most people I talk to, they're under the impression Kyle shot three black men. I have seen reports around the world in different countries where they are actually reporting it outside the U.S. as Kyle shooting black men. The media really is driving racial division with this, and the White House never wastes an opportunity. They're taking advantage of this, too, because they can be the solution. Their policies can be the the solution. This problem is so bad. White supremacy is systemic throughout the justice system now, and only the White House can save us from it. And of course, as you would expect, protests indeed erupted around the United States. Frustration spilling into the streets across the nation. In Portland, demonstrations turned violent. Rioters setting fires, smashing windows and doors. Protesters from New York to Chicago angry over Kyle Rittenhouse being acquitted on all five counts. Not guilty. The families of those Rittenhouse shot and killed that night in Kenosha, Wisconsin, in August of last year, stunned by the verdict. I'm numb to it right now. I'm, I'm, I'm still in shock. The father of Anthony Huber, one of the two men Rittenhouse killed, blasting the way the trial unfolded. If anyone watched that trial, you can't tell me that that judge wasn't biased. This is the other thing. They're attacking the judge, even though it was a jury verdict, right? The judge didn't decree if Kyle was innocent. It was the jury. There was a moment in this trial where the prosecutor fucked up real bad and violated Kyle's Fifth Amendment rights, and the judge gave him a talking to. But that could he, the judge could have declared a mistrial. He decided not to for, for whatever reason. Maybe, maybe he thought Kyle had a shot. Maybe he didn't. Who knows? We, can't, we are unable to ascertain his motivations because we are not betazoids. We cannot read his mind. But I did watch the trial in a way that was sort of counterproductive uh, to my overall productivity. And what I saw seemed like a pretty solid judge who ran a tight courtroom and made allowances for both sides to screw up a couple of times. And he was extremely patient, and I felt professional with the jury. Anytime there was a discussion that needed to come up that might influence the jury, he asked them to leave the room first. So to sit here and to trash this judge who is clearly like just doing his job, it's such a tragedy because additionally, not only, I should say, does it so undoubt about the U.S. justice system and that judges, bad white judges can throw the thing, but it's a misunderstanding of how the whole system works anyways. Huber saying his fight isn't over. Will you pursue a civil suit against Kyle Rittenhouse? And again, the media, so there's, a couple of ways to focus on this, right? They could, the, the footage is out there. They could be breaking down that night and explaining what happened and why that led to Kyle getting, getting, uh, going away free. They, they, they could be spending their time breaking down the facts of the case, telling you that those other gentlemen crossed state lines. Oh, they could be talking about the records of some of the people involved. 
They could be talking about the car shops that were getting hit that asked for defense. They could be investigating why the police were ordered to stand down that night. Instead, they put hurt parents who are angry that their child has been killed. They took that. They used that. And they put that on the air to drive views, to create sensationalism, and to take advantage of of those parents' grief to enable it all. That's what they're doing here. And they're doubling down on the misinformation by doing so. By focusing on the victims, they can kind of be loose with the facts a little bit and just leave you to form your own impressions. A civil suit has been filed, and whether we add his name to it is yet to be determined. Is the Kenosha Police Department a part of this as well? Yes, they are. And the the Sheriff's Department and everyone involved. See, the parents just want everybody to pay for it. But the reality is, unfortunately, they had a bad apple. I mean, you look at the records of these guys and you watch the video of that night. They were going around calling people the N-word, trying to start fights all night long. Legal experts say civil suits could be viable. I think these are triable cases. You can never predict the outcome of a jury, whether a criminal jury or a civil jury. Rittenhouse himself speaking to Fox News shortly after the verdict. The jury reached the correct verdict. Self-defense is not illegal. It's been a rough journey, but we made it through it. John Hubert's son didn't. This is where my son is. You know, how does he get to walk free after killing him? He points to an urn. You see how they tweak it, right? Why, why were they there? Why were they there starting a fire in a dumpster and pushing it into a gas station? Should we ask that question? Of course not. The media doesn't. So not only do they intentionally leave out facts, but then they frame the story in a way that is the most sensational possible without giving you any actual information. It's like a junk food media diet. So let's cut through all that. And I want to play this audio for you that shows that it's more than just them trying to get clicks and your eyes. They broke the law. Now, this is body cam audio from a cop who stopped an NP, an NBC, not NPC, although if you think about it, they are kind of NPCs. <laughs> Anyways, the cop that stopped an NBC producer who was ordered by the New York office to follow the jury, to follow the jury. He wanted to identify the jury. He had paperwork for the jury. They wanted to sell them on a story. They wanted to identify these people completely illegal. There was also reports during the trial that people were out there filming and there was implications they were associated with a large media house. So I want to play this body cam footage for you. It starts as the cop is walking up to the car just after they've pulled this car over because he's violating traffic laws trying to keep up with the jury van. So you got an iPad. Are you from Wisconsin, sir? No. Huh? No. Where are you from? Atlanta. Atlanta? Okay. All right. I mean, Dunwood is my official, but I flew up from Atlanta. You flew up. What, what's uh, what significance of you being here? I work for NBC. What's the significance of you being here? I work for NBC. NBC? NBC? Yeah. Okay. You're a reporter? Producer. Producer? Okay. All right. Yeah. So his buddy says, why is he following them? I don't know. So you, were you following a vehicle? I was trying to see. I was being called by New York going, maybe these are people you need to follow, but I, I don't know. I was trying to. You trying to what? Just do what they told me to do. New York told you to follow a vehicle? Yes. 
your what your offices in New York or what? That's right. How did they know about this vehicle? Great question. How did NBC know about that vehicle? Well, we might get a hint about that later. I mean, it was discreet. I wasn't like you know, going to talk to anybody. It's discreet. I wasn't going to talk to anybody or anything. But then later, he'll say it quickly, and it's hard to hear. But later, he'll say, I have this paperwork here for them. We were going to offer, and then it gets cut off. But so he was obviously going to talk to people. They were obviously attempting to identify. And what you'll notice is they just, they he just doesn't, and I say they because they're about to call his boss at NBC. They just don't know how to handle it. And there's a lot of ums and backpedaling because they know they've been caught breaking the law. Just trying to find a location. That's all. So he's been told to follow he was told to follow somebody. This, he's told to follow this vehicle from his offices in New York. What office? Is the NBC office in New York? Mm-hmm. Do you have the person who told who called you and told you to do this? Yeah. You want to give me his information real quick? Give me a call. Sure. So we and got news media telling to follow on That's what it sounds like. Hey, uh, law enforcement wants to talk to you. Could you imagine getting that call? So you get a call and, you know, you've been, you've sent somebody off to do an illegal job and you know it's illegal and you get a call. Hey, uh, law enforcement wants to talk to you. And he just hands the iPhone to the cop. (laughs) Now it takes him a second because of course, (sighs) Bluetooth. Hi, this is Officer Jones, Kenosha Police. We're trying to figure out what's going on here. Why you have a reporter or producer following vehicles out here? Wait for the Bluetooth. Hold on. I'm, I'm going to put you on speakerphone because you're connected to this, this car. Now, can you go again? Hello. Can you hear me? I can hear you now. Okay. Hi, officer. My name is Irene. I'm a booking producer with NBC News. Uh-huh. Um, we... We we were just trying to respectfully um, just trying to see if it's um, you know we were just trying to respectfully illegally stalk the jury if it's possible to um, to find any leads about um, about the the case and so we were we uh, we were just keeping our distance um, just to see like where. Um, people involved in, in the in the trial um, are positioned. They're, by no means were we trying to get in contact with any of any of the jury members or whoever's in the car. We just were um, trying to see like where um, where key players in the trial may be at. Yeah, which is illegal. So I, oh, I if you want. So now this is where the driver, right? So he's got the boss from NBC on the phone, the producer's in the car, and he says, if you want, I've got these papers. These are like contracts that essentially say if you sign on the dotted line, you get an exclusive deal with NBC. We'll tell your story. You get a million bucks, you know, that kind of thing, which I don't know how you would give them these contracts if you didn't figure out who each one of them were, (laughs) right? You'd have to get their names and whatnot. I can just offer this up. Once the verdict comes, like these are the letters that the clerk is going to be giving to them. So this is hold on a second. Just trying to. We have hard ID on the individual. Uh, Apparently, he's a producer with NBC. Um, Currently on the phone with his offices in New York, who advised him to follow uh, a vehicle uh, in reference to the case. 
so he, the officer checks in with HQ, and he's got the NBC producer on the phone. He's got uh, the NBC producer in the car, so you got two different producers. Uh, and they're so clearly caught, right? And the guy's got this stack of paperwork that's for the jury, these contracts. And so you could tell the cop at this point starting to realize some shit's going down, and this wraps it up. Okay. Um, all right, so it, real quick, how you, you advised him to follow... Uh, like any vehicle, did you know which vehicle he was following? He just, he just had um, our pe- people positioned in different areas of the courthouse uh-huh. to um, to see if anyone like um, would be able to um, in in different areas, and so we we were just like uh, so had their phone people, like following um, She's, she's, I can't believe she's saying this. Uh, and she starts to trail off, and there's some background noise. But what she's saying is they have multiple producers and multiple cars following basically as many people involved with the case as they can. The judge was probably getting followed, too. Who knows? Maybe the prosecutor was. That's what she's saying NBC was doing. I had their phone number, too. Oh, like following uh, phone number, too. That's phone number, too. Oh, well, uh, we're going to ask you guys to not do that. All right, that's a concern here. This is huge. We can't afford anything crazy happening, um, putting people in, in dangerous positions. Um, this individual violated some traffic laws here doing this. So we're going to ask you guys to refrain from doing that. Got it. Understood. Thank you so much. I'm very sorry. We're very sorry. Yeah. I wonder, do you think there'll be anything that happens to them. We're very sorry, officer. Like this cop. Like this cop really has any jurisdiction to say this, right? And she's in New York. We're very sorry, officer. I'm very sorry. Go ahead, 494. They're both very sorry. They're very, very sorry. I don't know. You know what I'll do? I'll do you put- have any ties to, to this community, sir? I love this community. I've covered a lot of golf. Listen straight. It's not the Kenosha community itself. No, Negative. You do not have any ties here. He's from out of state. Friends. Sounds good. Yeah. It's just so awkward. <laughs> I apologize. Did you hear that last one? All right. Uh, I apologize. Irene, what's your, what's your uh, position? One more time. All right. Uh, I apologize. Irene, what's your, what's your uh, position? Booking producer. Booking producer. All right, I'll put the entire video so you can see all of it. I'll put it in the show notes because it's pretty fascinating. So you've got two NBC employees here who are breaking the law by her own admission, potentially following multiple people involved with the case. So not only have they pushed racial division at a whole new level, then when the case was over and Kyle was found not guilty, instead of covering the facts, they doubled down on a false narrative. Backed up by the White House, who's doubling down on this opportunity to also push division and also create the solution for us. And we have body cam audio from a Kenosha police officer 
that proves that NBC was breaking the law. What happens to them for this? You think they'd be uh, letting me go if I was doing this for a special edition of Unfiltered? I don't think so. And so where it leaves us now is we continue to be absolutely at each other's throat. Weeks later now, I have sat on this and I, you know, like I thought, boy, by the time Thanksgiving's over, it, it'll be cleared, you know, people will be moved on. But no, just yesterday, there were protests at the Arizona State University. Yep, there's protests on both sides. And both sides absolutely think they're right. When in reality, what's happened here is a corrupt state prosecutor leaked false information to the media. The media ran with it because that information was also said in the courtroom, so they're indemnified from covering it. They're good to go. They're, they're, gonna, they're good to go. They can say those things. If it gets said in the courtroom, they can say it. If it's even in just a court document, they can say it. The, prosecu- the prosecutor gave them the gift of being a bullshitter. He did a horrible job. The state should never have even brought the case against Kyle when you see the video. They, the state tried to destroy the life of a 17-year-old. And self-defense would have taken a big hit. Because when you watch the video, it's hard to argue it's not self-defense. That's why I don't think they should have ever even just brought the case. It's all there. And the thing that's wild about it is the FBI had a surveillance drone up in the sky. So the FBI has footage. They chose not to release all of it. And what they did release, we got a low-res copy of. But it's all there. And if you look at the B-roll that even the mainstream media plays, or the legacy media plays, of that night, you'll see they always cut it off right as you can tell that Kyle's being chased. So now we have the middle class against each other in a way that I've never seen before. I, I, I just have never seen this kind of divorce from reality in such a quantifiable way. It happens all the time. But this was an interesting case study because you had a court case you could watch with your own eyes. And there were facts that were provided and there was even a jury de- decision, right? So it's like, it's all there. The entire thing is encapsulated. Anyone can review it. All the facts are there. And it didn't stop all of the misinformation. It didn't stop all the bullcrap. These very platforms that cry about misinformation and Russia, Russia, Russia have still managed to convince people of just anything they want. And now you have these two different groups that are at the Arizona State University protesting against each other. When the irony is they have way more in common than they have not in common, but they can't see it. Because they're kept so busy by their leadership and by their media fighting each other. I'm marching because Killer Kyle should not be going to this campus. Killer Kyle should not be going to this campus. Killer Kyle off our campus! Killer Kyle off our campus! Not guilty! Not guilty! Lock him up! Lock him up! Lock him up! I'm marching because Killer Kyle should not be going to this campus. That is white supremacy at its peak and it does not belong at ASU. White supremacy. See, now it'll always go down in popular history as a case of systemic white supremacy and a racist judicial system that got him off. He killed people at a Black Lives Matter rally. 
He killed two people. He brought a gun into a Black Lives Matter rally looking for trouble, killed two people, and a racist judicial system let him off. That will always be the narrative. Doesn't matter what the facts are. It's so sad. That's why I had to record this. Because I have to imagine, 10 years, 15 years plus down the road, there will be so much more of this kind of stuff that it's going to just be lost in the noise. But this was an important moment. It's truly, truly a a provable moment where, where the media and the political leadership have become completely detached from reality. And it's likely infecting all aspects of our life. But this is one where it's just nicely packaged up for you. I don't know if you like murderers on your campus, but I personally don't. I'm marching because I believe in the American right to self-defense. I would understand if there was more controversy, if there was no evidence of what happened that night, but there's clear evidence that he did defend himself. And the fact that we actually have opposition just proves the fact that they either didn't watch the trial or they just don't love this country. We think Kyle should be able to go to school here, and it was proven that he did nothing wrong. Lock him up! Lock him up! Lock him up! The American justice system does not acquit morality. They are not the objective morality in America. They are not. Nowhere. They are founded on genocide and chattel slavery. Their morality is based in white centricism. Their morality is based in white supremacy. Says this white young boy. Um, it's, so, it's so sad. He must really hate himself. And this moment will just codify all of these beliefs for this young man. Um, he'll go probably through most of his life thinking this is reality. And it just sounds so sad and so dark. He's so angry. And he's so angry kind of, I think, at himself, too, in a weird way. It's a very odd dynamic. Uh, and I find that one side of the protest seemed to have a very emotional sort of philosophical um, kind of a very frustrated and angry. And the other side seems to be in this particular one seems to be a little more nuanced and like this particular issue is what matters or these particular things or it's just, it's a, it's like they're talking past each other, right? Like one group is talking about the facts on the ground, talking about law, right? And the other group is talking about like racial justice and how they feel that this isn't being addressed regardless of what the actual facts might be. It's, it's two different conversations. And this little boy here, um, he does a pretty good job of really making me see it. The American justice system does not acquit morality. They are not the objective morality in America. They are not. Nowhere. They are founded on genocide and chattel slavery. Their morality is based in white centricism. Their morality is based in white supremacy. So the American justice system does not work for people outside of that umbrella. He's an American who has committed no crime. He's a 
he contributes to society the way any other American contributes to society who's not imprisoned. So we should have zero bias towards him whatsoever of what school he goes to or where he wants to be educated at because he was acquitted. He has not committed any crimes. So he's free to go where he wants to go. Not at this university. Not here. Not anywhere. No respect to institutions support murderers. He deserves to be locked up. You know, it's... They want mob justice. And why not? If your political leadership is sowing doubt about the justice system, if your trusted media outlets are telling you that there has been an injustice based on the color of the skin, it's actually more rational to be upset like they are than to be sitting back and going, well, wait a minute here, what are the facts? If you think about it, it's actually, it's actually more human nature to be reacting the way they are. Because all these trusted institutions and people and political leaders are telling them they should be upset. That there has been an injustice here. And it's a lot more work to stop and try to look at the facts for yourself. Review the case and listen to alternative ideas and take it all in with fair consideration. That, fuck man, that is hard. And if you can do that, if you've managed to listen to this show and you've thought or rethought or learned something new and you've taken it in, Jeez, I got a lot of respect for you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Unfilter Show. Let me know what you think. And let me know if some of this caught you by surprise like it did me. Unfilter.show slash Discord. Thanks so much for joining me. The conversation continues in the Discord. Discord.